I have a confession to make. I had the idea to write a book for years before I finally put pen to paper and published the book. So the big question is this, how do people like me who battle doubt and insecurity push past their fears and publish a book? Well, that is the question, and this podcast is going to give you the answers. So join me as I bring you behind-the-scenes interviews and insights so that you can move forward and publish your book with boldness and courage. My name is Coach Tam, and this is Publishing Secrets. There's a lot of talk these days about self-care and how important it is to take care of ourselves. And I'm a big believer in this because I know that taking care of ourselves is so important. But what does that really mean? For many people, it means taking time for themselves, doing things that they enjoy, caring for their physical bodies. And while all of these things are important, I believe that one of the most important ways that we can take care of ourselves is by healing our past. Too often we go through life carrying emotional baggage from our past that weighs us down and affects every aspect of our lives. We can't fully enjoy the present because we're always worried about what might happen in the future. We struggle to build relationships because we're afraid of getting hurt again. In short, we let our past control our present and our future. And that's why I'm so excited to have Tamika McTeer with me here on Publishing Secrets today. She has a personal journey of learning how to heal from her past. And now she's on a mission to help other Christian wives do the same. And I just believe whether you are married or not, that you are going to be able to reflect on some of the things that Tamika shares and do some self-evaluation. That self-evaluation is going to lead you to awareness about yourself and how God wants to take you to that next level. Listen, in order for you to be a transformation agent for someone else, you too have to be transformed. So allow yourself to be ministered to in this time and allow God to show you what's next. Enjoy. All right, Tamika, welcome to Publishing Secrets. I've been really excited about this opportunity to talk to you. I've had the pleasure of working with you over the last few months, and I just know that our listening audience is going to be blessed by our conversation. So thank you for making time to be here with us today. Of course, Tam. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited just as well for this conversation (laughs) with you today. It's been a joy to work with you and your team over the past couple of months. So Thank you. Thank you so much. And this, this message that you have, Tamika, is really, really important, you know, and that really struck me as we started to work together. Your goal is to help Christian wives feel heard and more connected to their husbands. And you had your own personal journey to realizing this was important. So I would love for us to start there. Tell us about your journey personally, and then how it led you to start this mission of helping other people. Sure. So my story um, started really after coming out of singleness. I call it like single and satisfied (laughs) (laughs) and um, really being comfortable in that space and really thriving in that space, you know. And so when I entered marriage, I entered it um, with a lot of unknowns, just as most people do. Um, My husband and I did spend time in premarital counseling. There was a course that we took through our church and it was only for six weeks. And neither one of us felt that six weeks was enough time to say that like, okay, yeah, we're ready to get married. Sure, we were still gonna move forward with it, but in our hearts, we both desired to have more. 
And so as a team, we sought to find that. And so there was another local church in our area and we knew for a fact that they offered something that was 16 weeks long. And through it, man, we learned so much more about ourselves. And so fast forward, you get into the marriage, there's a lot of newness. Um, in my first year of marriage, not only was I a newlywed, but I got pregnant as well. So, um, wow. you know, became, I can't, was a mom of two before we had even celebrated our one year anniversary. So just a lot of change early on. And um, as the marriage continued to progress, I, I noticed because I'm very in tune with myself and realizing that the communication between my husband and I wasn't, wasn't to a place where I thought that it should be. In addition to that, and realizing that the communication wasn't where at a place where I thought it should be, I realized that any time that there was a disagreement, I was shutting down. And so I had gotten to a point where I was tired of playing what I like to call the silent treatment game. And so for any of your listeners that's in a relationship, I'm sure that when you hear the silent treatment game, it's not something that's new to you. Nine times out of 10, if you're in a relationship with somebody else, it's a game that you've probably played a time or two. And so Tam, you wouldn't know by looking at me and your audience wouldn't know by listening to me, but the woman I am today and the woman I used to be are not the same as I have completely evolved as a wife. I wish I could tell you I just prayed and things changed, but that's far from my reality. <laughs> and one of the things I noticed is that people would often say, just pray, pray, pray. And as a believer, I also knew that while there's so much power in prayer, that faith without works is dead. Mm -hmm. So what more was I going to do? And so I just remember the day of me playing a silent treatment game after my husband and I had just had one of our stints. And here I am playing a silent treatment game thinking, I want to talk to my husband, <laughs> but I don't even know what to say. Was mm -hmm. I supposed to apologize? Was I going to wait on him to apologize? I felt trapped wondering if I would ever get to a place where I could say what's on my heart without the fear of rejection or abandonment. I knew it wasn't healthy and I knew that that's not the way that I wanted to spend my, the rest of, you know, my life, my marriage. I, I knew that that's not what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And I remember back even, you know, in my singleness and we'll get around to that, but it starts with a lot of the communication and conversations that you have with self. And so on a strong desire to want more, I remember being in my closet after us having, you know, one of these disagreements thinking games, as I can remember them, are fun. They create laughter. There was no joy that came from me playing the silent treatment game with my husband. And I remember in that moment saying, God, I'm ready to surrender. I no longer want to lean on my own understanding. I'm ready to do the work to find out why I'm struggling so much to be vulnerable and communicate with my husband. And it was in that very moment that I heard God say, Tamika, you need to do the one thing that you haven't been doing. It's time to talk. Hmm. And from there, it sent me on a personal journey that taught me how to literally do just that. But he downloaded a, a, a bigger message in it. Um, for me. And that T taught me how to transform my mind. The A was assessing the foundation. The L was to learn new techniques. And K was to kickstart those conversations with confidence that I was once afraid to have. You see, for me, 
like I said, personal development is huge for me. And I'm not afraid to do the hard work. I'm not afraid to take myself somewhere where I know it's uncomfortable, but there's going to be growth and beauty on the other side of what maybe I'm experiencing and the friction that I may feel in that moment. And so for me, that took me back to a place of like, why do I communicate like this? Or where is it coming from? And what I realized is that it's a protection mechanism that I had put Mm. up and something that I had developed based on relationships that I had seen around me. In my own household, I saw my mother, um, you know, (laughs) experience abuse at the hands of my father. As a young girl growing up, I thought, who would put up with something like that? Hmm. I, I I saw that behavior as weak. And so for me, whatever it took to be strong, is what I was going to do. And that doesn't mean that abuse was being presented to me because it wasn't. But for me, I said, I'm going to protect myself in all ways. So to avoid, if you're seeing arguments, what is the next best thing to do? Avoid them. Hmm. Wow. I I just, as, as you were describing that, I can imagine someone listening to us thinking, how did she know? How did she know that that's my personal battle is that it is a way of protecting ourselves, right? Because we've seen things, we don't want to experience them in our lives. And so the best way we know how is to to shut it, shut it down. Let's not even go there. And I think there's so many things that fit into that type of cycle, not just this, yeah. right? And And I know that you have been working with women over the years as you've talked to them this about the as you've talked to them about this, you know, what is their response when they hear you talk about these situations that they have had? Is it the same that they have decided that this is a way to protect themselves? Oftentimes it's a way to protect themselves, but oftentimes I I feel or I know and I've heard it really is a game hmm. to say I'm going to get what I want. So I'll do this and I'll do that. And really the childish behavior doesn't serve either party in the marriage. You know, it's two people working towards the same goal, not me against you. And it also, for me personally, takes it back to the covenant. What what did this marriage, What why did I get married? And hmm. so it's not about a contract. If you do A, B, and C, then I will. But it's the covenant that I not only made to my husband, but before God as well. Hmm. Wow. Do you think that many people, because this is your area of expertise, do you think people really know why they're getting married, or or do we have those that that, that are in that space and they're or married or in a relationship? Are, are they even really clear on why they are doing it? I would say, based on experience and the women that I've worked with, I would say that it's fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've had the opportunity to work with women both in the church and outside of the church. Um, no matter what side they're on, I would say it's it's kind of 50-50. Some, some people, because they grew up in the church and that's all they've heard, maybe they've come from a household where they saw mom and dad in a marriage. But in reality, they know that, yes, they've been living together and things like that, but nothing about the marriage is anything that they want to duplicate. Hmm. But subconsciously, they are doing Mm -hmm. some of the same things some people are getting married you know just for the title and then what i've also noticed is that you have the people that are saying yes i do but they also have this mindset um 
of I, I'm always prepared for the next, meaning I have my comfortability over here in case something goes wrong. And I often like to say you shouldn't have that mindset going in. Like if you just exchange the vows and saying to death to us part and, you know, whatever, it shouldn't be just this regular argument. Um, it's going to tear us apart. And you keeping the apartment guide book, <laughs> you know, available, ready because somebody just made you upset. Hmm. So I often like to say that oftentimes when I see people operating in that place of let's just be done with it, like were you ever in it? Were you ever in it? Because if you were, you'd be more committed to making that investment and seeing that ROI come back to you. Hmm. Instead of, I'm gonna sleep on the couch tonight, I'm gonna get me a hotel room, I'm gonna check for this apartment, I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna keep one foot in and the other foot out. Hmm. You know, I think this is where people need to really have real conversations with self. Like, what is it that you want? And what is it that you're committed to, to become consistent at? Because um, it's not an overnight success. It's not a one time and you narrow it. But what is it that you're willing to do consistently to get the results that you're looking for? Hmm. There's power in that consistency and continuing to show up and do the work and not doing the work from a place of um, only pointing the finger as if that person is the only one doing something to not meet expectations of where the communication is or is not currently um, in that marriage or a relationship before you even enter marriage for that matter. Hmm. Don't play the victim role all the time. Own the role that you play. I tell you, you uh, definitely have a lot of experience personally with this, as well as in working with your clients. I can hear that. And you decided to take some of your journey and um, tell it in written form. So talk to us just a little bit about your latest book project and how it helps to further your mission. Sure. Um, so I chose to talk a little bit about it in that book and how that further serves my mission. It really takes it back to a place of what I like to say is um, growing personally and thriving relationally. And that's a lot of the work that I think that is missed so many times um, before we get to that stage of saying I do. It's, it's so much of the work that's missed before we get to that place. And when we talk about going into a relationship and we have all this baggage, sure, we all have a past and we all have baggage. But man, how how much better would things be if you went in with one bag that you still needed <laughs> to unpack versus 10? <laughs> when you think about moving and unpacking, when you get down to that last bag, you're like, I can do this. Hmm. But the 10 seems impossible. And 10 is where most people need the work. Hmm. You, you really need to unpack, you know, and, and figure out what is your relationship with self? What is it that you've been telling yourself all along about what you want in a relationship and really owning who you are as an individual? Can you give what you say you want in a relationship? How selfish is it? for you to think that this person is going to show up and give you this and honor you in this way and you give nothing in return. Hmm. It's 100% effort, not 50-50. 100% effort. I love that. It, you know, I've I've heard a theme as you have shared Tamika today, um investment, effort, you know, all of these are things that indicate that this is work. Like marriage is not going to just come together and be easy. 
it requires both people being invested and committed to making it work. Um, and as I hear you say that, I heard you say consistency, you know, and, and I know that we both share a passion for fitness. You know how important consistency is and, and working out. But it's, it's challenging for mm -hmm. many people uh, to be consistent in this area. How do you help people navigate that? Let's say the wife realizes, okay, I have an issue here. There's, there's things that I need to do differently. How do you kind of guide them and coach the, them through that process? Well, we know that mindset is everything. I mean, it's everything. So the first thing you have to do is get beyond that battle that you have in your mind about truly where your marriage is and what it is that you're going through. Because resiliency is only going to go as far, you know, as you're willing to allow your mind to. If you stay stuck over here, you can't become resilient in that next thing that you consider is best for you and your relationship. It's impossible. So I believe that that's where a lot of the work first has to come from. And I consider it dying to self. No, not becoming a doormat for anybody um, or anything like that. I, I'm never telling anybody to do anything like that. But I'm saying um, really look at the situation of what's going on and ask yourself some of those hard questions about why am I doing this? Why am I struggling? One of the same questions I had to ask myself, why, why was I showing up the way I was? And again, I knew for me, it came from my childhood, what I saw in my own home. Um, some of the letdowns I saw women all around me have from men um, that they trusted. And it didn't matter that my husband didn't display any of those behaviors that I saw those men show to them. I still needed to protect myself. It's what I told myself. So the first thing I always say too, with doing some of that mindset work is think about trust and ask yourself, can you just trust yourself? Hmm. Can I trust myself to let my guard down and release the narrative that I've been feeding myself? Is it truth or did I make this story up? Is it truth or did I make this story up? Start out by just asking yourself that as many times as necessary. And on a daily, if that's what you need to do, because what I found again is a lot of the stories I was telling myself about what I thought my marriage was, was stories I had fed myself. And these weren't even stories. These were other people's stories. Oh, he will do that. Oh, oh, this. Oh, this will happen. These were stories I made up. These were other people's narratives that I had taken on to be mine. Hmm. Don't don't attach yourself to someone else's truth. That's not yours. Let that story go. How do you think, uh, Tamika, a person can really differentiate whether it's their story or someone else's story? The way you really differentiate it is you're, you're in your relationship on a daily basis. And so you're able to say what your truth is, what's really happening. Um, when you had a disagreement, did that person get loud? Or were you so anxious in the discussion and you wanted to have a rebuttal for that person that you heard them get loud? <laughs> hmm. did, did they say what you really thought they said? Or were you creating this, finishing the sentence in your head? <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Yeah. So that's why I say get back to the truth of what's really going on, you know, and release yourself from the need to play a game and like, 
okay, well, I'll make him come to me first or I'm too good to say um, those two words, I'm sorry. Hmm. And allow yourself the vulnerability, the vulnerability again with self. So much of, I feel like the trajectory and success of your marriage can lie a lot on your vulnerability with self first and vulnerability with your spouse and how you need them to support you. Um, things that made you upset, whatever it is that made you afraid, um, why you're scared and how they could best support you in your journey to move forward as you continue to do your personal work. I mean, how can they show up and support you in the way that you need them if you continue to have the attitude, if you continue to play the silent treatment, if you continue to operate in a place expecting that because you guys live in the same household that he knows exactly what it is that you need and you refuse to verbalize it, Hmm. you know? Are you the type that's um, stuck in your time in prayer with God, only asking him to fix your spouse instead of saying, Lord, show me my areas that I can grow in. I guarantee you when you stop pointing the finger forward and point it backwards to self. And when you take that time to, Michael Jackson said it best, start with a man in the mirror, your results will change. Mm. You know, that lesson that you just shared, I think, applies to the listening audience, whether they are married or not in a relationship or or not. Right. Because really what you're challenging us all to do is to look at ourselves and say, how am I showing up? (laughs) And is that okay, Right. Because if I don't have a good relationship with myself, there's no possible way that I can have a good relationship with others. There's no possible way that I can grow my platform as an author, I'll even say. There's no possible way that I can speak life into other people consistently if I don't have a good relationship with myself. Mm -hmm. So, so Tamika, how do you personally feed, you know, this will help our audience. How do you personally feed yourself to make sure that you have what you need to be able to show up in the best way possible. What are some of your routines? Yeah, so for me, there's four core areas that um, has served me best throughout all of my life, I can say. Um, especially once I rededicated my life um, in my early 20s back to Christ, there's four core areas. And so one, I'll say, and I'm not saying them in any particular order, these are the four that really, really serve um, me and help me operate at my highest self is what I would say. So faith, it is um, believing in a higher power. And for me, that's Jesus Christ. Um, Accepting him as Lord and Savior was the best thing I could have done. I'm forever grateful that my mother introduced me to church at a very young age. And I'm so glad that when I saw myself feeling empty and not having that throughout my high school years that early on in my 20s, I knew that something was missing. And by way of an invitation to meet someone at church, I immediately knew that that's what was missing um, and I needed to rededicate my life to Christ. So I was able to um, do that. And so it wasn't any borrowed faith or what somebody told me. It was a personal relationship that I was able to develop and get to know him personally for myself. So outside of having a relationship with self, having a relationship with a father has been amazing and served me to this day. (laughs) I'm nothing without that Um, fitness and that's mind and body, movement, well-being that that continues to serve me 
when I need to just be alone, fitness has done it for me. It's a place of freedom. I can let it all out and I'm free to do it in whatever space. If I can find quiet time at home to work out, if I can get outdoors, it's so good and refreshing for me. I love it. Family. And that's, I like to call that interpersonal relationships. It, does, it, it doesn't just have to be like people in your household, but friendships and community as well. Like those individuals that you can pour into, but those individuals that are close enough, that you trust, love enough, that can pour back into you when you, um, when you need it. So developing those interpersonal relationships um, are phenomenal. And the last one I would say has been finances and so always ensuring that i've been a good steward over my money um and that's honoring god through the tithe and also just knowing what to do with my money and putting myself in a place where i don't have to operate from um fear with finances but security those are the four core areas for me that helps tamika thrive Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i know that you um also encourage um, your audience to embrace some of those things. I've had been able to listen to your podcast, Ageless Conversations, and you have a variety of guests that come on and speak to some of these topics. And so um, you're not just encouraging others to do it, but these are things that you practice personally. And so uh, leading by example is clearly something that is very, very important to you. Let's talk a little bit about your decision to to work with us on um, on a project to help take your your brand and your mi your mission and message on a bigger stage i'd love for you to share with us a little bit about what inspired you to even say yes to working with us oh gosh <laughs> when i think back to just um if you guys are listening and you're in Coach Tam's uh, Facebook group, then you know that she's always dropping little messages in there, encouragement, and sometimes um, a way for you to connect with her beyond just that private Facebook group. And I have to personally say that I wasn't someone that was very active in there, but on this one particular day, a message popped up so boldly and stood out to me um, that I responded to it. And so... Um, some people would call it a coincidence, but I call it, um, you know, it was like a divine moment for me. Like it stood out for a reason. So I think it was well beyond coincidence. Um, and so you and I had several exchanges via DM, but it was the it was the approach, um, the way that you approached and you weren't someone that was just like, oh, this is what I do. But before I even made a official commitment to to continue moving forward with you, you showed me what you can do. You, you okay. showed me what you can do. So not even looking for results, you gave results that I literally took and used. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> I was like, oh, that was good. I'm using that. <laughs> you know, but you you um, you showed up in a in a in a powerful way before we even really started to work um, together. But throughout that journey of working with you, I have to say that it's one that I've truly been grateful for. The communication, I'm a very detailed person. Uh, I'm not really one to go um, between the gray lines. You tell me to read between the lines. I'm like, no, I need it in black and white. 
And so for me, you definitely were someone that communicated in that way, um, gave more than. And so that's good for me. I'm very in, into all the details. And so you were always given the detail. The level of communication was there. Um, and so I shared with you some things that I wanted to accomplish. And you, you know, kept your end of the bargain and the commitment that we made um, with one another and delivered um, well above what my expectations were. Mm. Thank you for that. I, I appreciate it. So now you have a brand new website that complements uh, everything that you are doing. Uh, tell us about how how the website turned out versus maybe how you envisioned it initially. Like, how did it um, rate versus your expectations? So I was confident that you would deliver, but I would have to say, based on the example um, that you guys shared with me and what I got, I <laughs> I'm going to brag a little bit. Mine is still <laughs> 10 times better than what you showed. And so for that, I'm like forever, you know, grateful. You asked me some things that I wanted. I gave back what you um, wanted. We did the comparisons. And I mean, I must say you guys came in, nice. came in and, and definitely over deliver. Even after the fact, there's been, um, you know, a few exchanges that you and I have had about, um, updates and still no issues there so between you and your team very easy to work with level of communication there um deadlines and things like that were met and if something needed to be changed again communication was always there and so for me it's the trending thing that we're talking about but i'm big on communications don't lead me to assume because i will do just that <laughs> That's good. That's good. You know, I want to hit on something because it's something that I'm very passionate about and it will give us an opportunity to talk about this with the audience because, you know, you're a person, you know, as you've shared, detail oriented communication is really, really important. And one of the things that I, I, I hope to instill in those that I work with is delivering value first, like give people results before they make a commitment with you, because that's the best way to show that you know what you're doing yeah. um, and that you can make a difference in their lives. So it sounds like that was one of the things that was really, really important to you. Talk, talk to us just a little bit more just to help our audience. Why is it so important in the world that we live in now for people to show up with that value first type of mindset? Oh, gosh, because we all know somebody that's been taken advantage of in this world of social media and people always saying what they can do but when it's time for delivery you don't get what it is that maybe you were expecting you've made a huge investment and still it comes back around and it's like this is not what i was expecting so being able to provide somebody um something up front lets them know that you care it provides that trust and in a, in a sense it, it lets that person feel like they know you hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like that trust, feel, no um, factor. Like, okay, I feel comfortable talking to this person. They seem like they get it. Um, you know, so it leaves that person. Uh, I, I like to say it like this. It kind of takes that person um, from off of that island when they feel like they're alone. Mm -hmm. and, and bring them in more like into the community or you have this person that you can go to. I, ha I, can, I have somebody that I can trust that I can bounce something off of. I have someone that has gone through something similar um, and can speak from experience or expertise, not just Joe Schmo out here saying that I can get you X, Y, and Z results, but I'm actually speaking to you from a relatable standpoint. 
not a know-it-all standpoint. And so give me your money. <laughs> it is true. I mean, there are so many people out here and I am glad that you said that because, you know, sometimes we can think, well, I know what I can do and I know the value that I can bring, but the audience doesn't know yeah, you, right? Yeah. They don't know all of your gifts, skills and talents. And so, um, it's part of our responsibility if we want people to work with us is that we have to be willing to take that step to be able to show that we could do it, show and prove, not just talk about doing mm -hmm. it. And when we do that, like what I've heard you say is that it was actually like, wow, this is kind of a breath, breath of fresh air. This is a person that really does want to do a good job by me. And so just imagine if you put this into place in your business, then that your customers are potential customers are going to feel the same way. They're going to be like, mm -hmm. wow, this person has invested the time and the energy in working with me when I'm ready to move forward. This is the person that I'm right. going to partner with. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. So it, it, it literally by serving up front. And that's the thing, um, you know, oftentimes people say, like, I want to help somebody. I want to help somebody and all in helping anybody. We have to operate from a place of serving. And as believers, if you've done any work in the church, then that's what you're doing. You're serving. So whether we're in those four walls or we're behind a laptop, we're showing up on social media. Serve. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're called to do first. And if we serve in a way that honors God, I believe that he's going to take care of us. Like you talked about in uh, the things that you do for yourself that within the finances component, tithing is important. Mm -hmm. um, and and it's, it's not just, I would add, it's not just your time. I mean, your money, it's also how you spend your time. Mm -hmm. um, and as you sow into other people in the ways that God would call you to, then he's going to ensure that you have what you need. Um, and even scripture tells us to give and it will be given to us. So we, what we want to do sometimes, we want people to give to us first. And that's not the example that yeah. God has set before us. The example is to give first. It's, it's so funny that we're talking about this whole giving thing. Because I think on the grand scheme of things, that's what brought me to a place of actually serving um, married women and, mm -hmm. and couples as a whole. Um, I wanted to give people what I didn't feel like I had in, the, in my early days of marriage. I felt like um, my husband and I have always been in church, served in church, been in covenant couples, you name it, we've done it. But what I didn't feel like I found um, in the church were people that were really transparent about like marriage and how just to bounce back from a simple disagreement. People will always tell you to pray, pray, pray. And again, I know that there's so much power in that, but what else should I be doing on top of praying? Um, I wanted to hear transparent stories. No, I wasn't looking for people to you know, talk about horrible marriages or anything like that but i was looking for real life people to share real life stories and how they went from a to b what do you do in this situation and because i felt like i didn't have that when my husband and i relocated to charlotte north carolina from cleveland ohio 10 years ago now um one of the first things i felt like god was calling us to was ministry um specifically serving married couples <laughs> i remember um when I initially felt that tug and then said something to my husband about it, I was like, but that couldn't be right because I'm not perfect. So I know he wouldn't want me representing hmm. him. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's just nonsense. What I can't, I cannot tell these people how I used to act with my communication. Like, hmm. no, I'm not going to tell that. And then, you know, I would often hear the Holy Spirit say, so are you going to make it about you or are you going to do what it asks Whoa. you? Uh-oh, there we go. And so, um, because 
I believe in marriage and the institution of marriage and want to see more people get to the place where they're thriving and not surviving and just going through the motions and operating until their kids get 18. <laughs> oh, Lord. You yeah. know, because I want to see people go beyond those points. Um, I accepted, I, I, I consider it accepting the challenge. So I accepted mm. that challenge. And what I saw in meeting with these couples on a weekly basis for years and years and years, the more vulnerable I was first serving, mm. yes, the more I saw the walls fall, mm. the freedom come, the mouths opening up, the sharing started, yeah. the truth coming out, the fears being shared, the desire to move from A to B. Hmm. While some resistance to still do the work was there, people were willing to try. Because you went first. <laughs> yeah, it's so, so important. So I often would ask, why was I the chosen one to go first? But now I can say it from a place that I'm grateful um, for whether it's one, and it's been well over that now, but I was grateful for that one. And now I'm grateful for the many hmm. that I've been able to um, help and help transform marriages, hmm. help wives see things different. Um, I, I love what I get to continue to do, whether that's through somebody working with me um, and coaching, whether that's someone going to my podcast and hearing an episode that they feel like spoke directly to them. I'm grateful. Hmm. Well, let's make sure that our listening audience knows how to connect with you. You know, we, of course, speak to aspiring and current authors, but there are many people in our audience that would fit the description that you've talked about. They're Christians, they're their wives, and they may be looking to level up their communication so that their marriages can thrive. So where should our listening audience go to connect with you? Sure. Um, so first place I recommend that you go is head over to my website at TamikaMcTeer.com. There you'll find a beautiful guide. It's called the Talk It Out Conversation Guide. Um, I encourage you to go there, download it. Let that be your first um, next best step. You can also follow me um, on Instagram at underscore Tamika McTeer. And then I also have the, you know, private Facebook group. And that is more so titled after the podcast. And that's Ageless Conversations. But yeah, um, you can feel free to reach out there. You can send an email from the website. You can send a DM on social media. However you feel led, I'm available for you. Awesome, Tamika. Thank you so much. Well, it's hard to believe that time flies so fast when we're doing this. And I know you know this as a podcast host. It's like, wow, where did the time go? But we have we have covered so much. And, and I would love it if you could, to wrap things up for us, if you could speak to that aspiring or current Christian author that can identify with a lot of what you said. And if they're honest, um, it's not just affecting their relationships with others. It's affecting how they're showing up as an author and their success and moving towards their goals. What is the number one piece of advice that you would give to that to that woman that's listening to us right now? Yeah. And so it's going to be a tough, hard question that I say, um, ask yourself, why am I so why am I giving her so much power to control my today? Mm. And her is that girl that you don't want to release that person that you continue to show up as because you feel like you need to be her. In a season, you may have needed to be her, but is she still relevant and needed today? 
why have I given her so much power? Once you've answered that question, then ask yourself, what do I need to do to move forward to no longer give her the power to control my today? Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this week's episode of Publishing Secrets, where our mission is to inspire you to write, publish, and profit in a way that honors God. If this episode has been a blessing to you, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, then rate and review. And if you want support in your journey, whether you are a current author or an aspiring author, then join us on Facebook in the Christian Authors Network. Wherever you are in your journey, we have the best next step for you. So join us there and get the support that you need to make the impact that you have been called to make. Until next time, God bless.